Like we make more than what we raise every month. Coming out here, you literally got into a car, pitched a guy in yes. like 40 minutes and got your first commitment. Yes. Hi folks, this is Hong from Fun BMC, and we're here today with episode two. Our guest is A. Mo from Boomerang, the GMA app that everyone knows and loves. She is both the co-founder and chief product officer. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So you have a super interesting story. We've known each other for almost a decade now. Yeah. And uh, I don't think, like you're not a press person, like you don't like, there's not a lot of information on you guys. So if I search mm -hmm. about the story and like the founding of the company, it kind of takes you all the way back to yes. the, uh, the Uber cab story, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us the story? Sure. Um, so we were trying to raise money our seat round back in 2010 in Boston. Mm -hmm. And we probably want like 34 to zero or something, right? So we were doing something that nobody's really done before building a personal productivity plugin into somebody else's platform, Gmail. And there was nobody else doing it before then. Mm -hmm. So Boston investors were like, how could this make money? Because mm. so Gmail at the time was also free. Gmail was at the time also yeah. free, yes. And we weren't sure how we would make money either, but we knew that we built a really useful product that our customers just love. Mm -hmm. And we know that it brings real value to real people. So we came out here because we had two weddings, like in one in Seattle, one in San Diego. Mm -hmm. So we stopped by in Silicon Valley to talk to a bunch of investors and yeah. see what happens. And we were staying at this like crappy rundown hotel in Sunnyvale. And the name is Sundowner Inn. Is like, oh, I know that place. <laughs> <laughs> depressing name, yeah. right? Who named yeah. it? Kind of, yeah. Yes. So uh, we were supposed to meet a friend of Alex, uh, who is now who was now a VC, mm -hmm. and he canceled on him. So we were just sitting in that hotel, pretty depressed. Mm -hmm. And I saw a tweet from Dave McClure on Twitter mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, if you know, you can pick me up from Bucks." Which mm -hmm. we didn't know what Bucks was, right? We yeah. went here. We, we so Bucks is know. a restaurant in Woodside. Woodside that yeah. where apparently All the VCs hang out. a lot of VCs hang yeah. out there. We didn't know. I just saw Bucks and I was like, hey, we can pick you up. And the whole tweet yeah. was, you know, if you pick me up and take me to my car right. mechanic because his car broke down. Right. Car mechanic in Mountain View, I'll let you pitch you on the right. Yeah. So we responded and like, we'll pick you up. But we didn't actually know where it was. So I like to start driving as we were coordinating. Yeah. Box what? What is box? Were you in the car? No, oh, okay. I was I was coordinating from Got the it. the um Yeah. From the hotel. You were the operation and, center. Yes. And I was like, is it Starbucks in Woodside? Yeah. What do you mean? He's like, no, no, Bucks restaurant. <laughs> so I Google send yeah. send the address and Alex is typing into the GPS and then yeah. they, you know talk on the way and the main thing is Dave is very data driven yep. and you know he has his like personal rule of three signals so mm -hmm. the three signals he got were one was his assistant Melissa you know Melissa yeah of course yeah she was using boomerang at yeah. the time already and she told Dave about it like oh look at this tool right. this is really cool you should yeah. try it right and then so she was actually using boomerang to manage Dave's emails right <laughs> and then the second signal was there was an, uh, another 
a woman VC, Catherine Barr, was okay. trying to intro us to Dave to meet yeah. with him. She's still a VC. Yes. Yeah. And then we have basically just like he just talk us through the whole funnel, like, hey, mm. how many people come in? What's mm. the conversion rate? How many re you know percentage retain? All okay. this stuff, we know it down cold. So yeah. we were, you know, Alex was able to answer. So sure. in that 40 minutes of driving him from Woodside to Mountain View. Thank goodness for Bay Area traffic. Yes, and yeah. he, he committed, and that was our first check. Really? Yes. Your first check. So you were still in Boston. We were still in you Boston. We hadn't here. even officially moved out here. Oh. We were only here for like five days. This is like pre 500 startups. Pre 500 startups. So it like you were in Batch Zero. Or Fan Zero. Yeah, Batch Zero. Or whatever like the original that, yeah, crew original. from 10 years ago. Yes. I remember Melissa. Melissa's still 500. Yeah. Um, she's awesome. I mean, I feel sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's Managing Dave's email friend. is an impossible job. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, there's no way that guy yeah. declares email bankruptcy like every two months. But the VC ecosystem there, it used to be Boston was the center of VC, like a long time right. ago. They were the center of yeah. innovation for a yeah. long time. But at some point, it turned into more of a, you know, do you have a gray hair, white guy, mm. Harvard MP as mm. your CEO? And if not, wow. you don't quite fit the mold. And we yeah. were three kids, right? And in our 20s, mm -hmm. late 20s. Um, so it was you, Alex, and Mike? Mike, okay. yeah. And we were in our 20s. We have never done a company before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, first time founders, all developers. Yep. So we were like, where is your Harvard MBA? And we were like, right. we don't have one. Right. It's a different model back then because you did need this kind of MBA type to be the, the face CEO. of the company, yeah. CEO. And like the engineers were kind of kept on the side. Like you never go to yeah. pitch meetings. You don't yeah. actually go the to... The engineer founder, you know, trend is very... Yeah. The West Coast, it's a very Silicon Valley thing. driven yeah. thing, right? And the other part is... They also are very willing to fund things that have already a proven business model mm -hmm. with all the financial projections yep. and this is how yep. we're going to make money and this is how much, yeah. you know, profit you get. So if you're trying to raise, you know, at the time, 2010, you're trying to raise the number 10 clone or Groupon, yes, mm -hmm. they'll write you a check. Which was a clone of something else we'll, we'll <laughs> talk about later. Um, but yeah, so this is back in the day of like business plans. You had these networks, it's a lot of MIT, Harvard. Um, kind of East Coast money. Mm -hmm. And then coming out here, you literally got into a car, pitched a guy in yes. like 40 minutes and got your first commitment. Yes. It's amazing. It was pretty, um, I think it convinced us that we should move out here. Yeah. You're a unicorn in the old sense of the world. When I was recruiting, uh, unicorn was someone who was technical, was a CS degree, did UX, did UI, did everything. And it'd be so hard to find these founders, right? These unicorn founders. Nowadays, unicorn is a billion dollar company. Everybody knows that. There's tons of them. Most of them don't make money. Um, but Boomerang makes money. You've made mm -hmm. money from day one. So you've only raised a seed round. It was mm -hmm. about 375 or 400. 400, um, yeah. And you've never raised again, but yeah. you've made money every year. Can you talk about that and how your investors think about it? Yeah, I mean, we've really focus on ability to get value out of what we provide as a service to our customer and we knew that we wanted to grow from our own revenue and profits um it takes longer right mm -hmm. it's not explosive growth because we are not able to spend on unprofitable growth right we focus on only sustainable marketing channels that yeah. actually brings in more money than we spend mm -hmm. But at the same time, it makes us very focused 
um, as a company, we only work on the things that will bring value to our customer because that's who fund us and who guide us on what to do next. Yeah. Uh, for our investors, we've been very lucky. A lot of them are, you know, personal friends and personal champions to us and, and mentors and advisors in addition to being investors. And they've been very patient with us. But the good part is we were able to, you know, issue our dividends mm -hmm. and we already issue more than what they have invested wow. in the company just as a dividend so yeah. the beauty is you know they got dividends and they still own equity in our company yeah. as we are growing so it's that's a great. pretty happy pretty happy relationship yeah i mean for angels that's that's probably ideal because as an angel investor most of the investments that you make is probably going to go to zero Mm -hmm. But if you're giving dividends and it's a recurring revenue mm -hmm. stream that's more than the money that they invested, yeah, it's all gravy after yeah, that, what's right? Not, yeah, what's not to like? Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Boomerang is profitable to the, like multiple, multiple millions per mm -hmm. year, right? So in the Valley, we would celebrate a startup for raising, you know, a $3 million seed or A. Right, right. you like, you do that every year. So like, what's the big deal? Um, we actually make annually a large Series A. Yeah. Maybe I can talk about it. I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, like I've I'm heard it seven figures. We just hit eight figures. So there you go. So eight <laughs> figures without going into detail. That's a yeah. lot of money. Yes. For a very small company. Yes. That is still majority owned by the three founders. That sounds great to me. It is, but there isn't the same level of respect for the real dollar that you get from the customer. Oh my gosh. This isn't be, that strange? It should be the other way around. I know, it right? If you go to, you know, somebody to go pitch, hey, we have this story, they'll be like, oh, how much did you raise? Who's your VC? Mm -hmm. and we're like, it doesn't matter. Those how much we raise is yeah. absolutely yeah. immaterial to us right. because like we make more than what we raise every month. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they only look at that as a signal. But I think the tide has turned. Yeah. Right? So there's, I'm forgetting the journalist's name. I wish I could remember. Um, he went and did a lot of research on what are the makings of the unicorn founders. Mm. And what he found was the highest correlation is and he defined a term called super founder and mm -hmm. super founder as somebody, somebody who has either sold a company for more than 50 million mm -hmm. or only received funding and gotten to more than 10 million or above in revenue, revenue, not how much you mm -hmm. raise mm -hmm. or what valuation you get. Yeah. Actual cold hard cash from your customer. Right. And he found that being a super founder has the highest correlation of the next company they start being a unicorn. Right. So interesting. I think when you actually crunch numbers mm -hmm. and see things as uh, data points rather than like just, you know, unconscious buyers in your head, like, oh, they raised, you know, 20 million for their last company. Well, yes, but. Do they incinerate that 20 million or do mm -hmm. they turn those 20 million into something right. else? So the two definitions of super founder, the first one is you had to exit above 50. Above 50. Yeah. Or. Or, re or 
have revenue profits over 10. Yeah. It's too different. It's almost like two binary outcomes. Right? Almost, yes. Yeah. But I think both are valid data points right. in what he found. So that's, that's just a predictor for the next company. Yes. If, yeah. Interesting. If that Interesting. So I would definitely put you in the category <laughs> of super founder. I never thought I was going to be outside of Burma, let alone US or MIT or anything. I never thought I would, like, I would just dutifully go to college, you know, start a business because that's what my family does yeah. is we have, everybody had their own business. And so mm -hmm. I assumed that's what I was going to do. And I run into a guy who came back from Harvard Master of Public Health Program. And he was a journalist and anti-government journalist. And when he was at Harvard, he met a Nepali student who was going to undergrad at Harvard. And he's like, I don't mean to be rude. I came from Burma, you're from Nepal. Like, how can you afford to go to Harvard? <laughs> like, how does that work, right? Yeah. Are you really wealthy? Yeah. And the student told him that, hey, you know, university like Harvard and, you know, the really top tier well-endowed university have a neat line admission. Yeah. As long as you get in, they will figure out the financial aid package for you, even if you're an international student, mm -hmm. which was basically like, it unlocked a lot of things in his brain. So he researched about universities here and talked to people. And when he got back to Burma after his program, he started doing this like informal little gathering. Wow. And at the time it was considered illegal, right? Because mm. Burmese government did not want people to gather on their own. If mm -hmm. you gather without permit or permission, blessing from them mm. for more than like five to 10 people, they can arrest you. Wow. So he was doing this little covert Gorilla to get people to go to college educational campaigns because yeah. he knows there are a lot of us just sitting around waiting waiting to go to college yeah. and not knowing what to do wow and he's like hey look there's this thing called neat blind financial and i went to one of those seminars or yeah. like little things i met him once he kind of laid out the process that this is what you do take sat yeah. you have to apply yeah. and then i tried to go back to him right to ask about like a financial aid application process or something and his family like i went to his house his family was super dodgy about it he's like why are you why are you asking for him and i later learned that he ran from the government government mm. through the jungle to thailand because they were trying to come after him so wow. that's the story of how i found out about you know a way to apply to U.S. universities, and you want to look for this magical key phrase called "neat blind admission." Sure. Yeah. And then I got into MIT, and there was a scholarship set up by a Saudi guy for third world students exclusively. Wow. wow. So he paid for my education. His foundation paid for my education, yeah. and that's how I could get. That's crazy. To where I am. Because like that it's is a quite bunch the story. of random stories, yeah. right? Yeah. And you never know. But like, it's not how... random. But like you said, you can see the dots now looking back. Looking back. Yeah. But you can't connect it forward no when way. you are in the moment. No way. Yeah. But like, I mean, without that guy, you wouldn't be here. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So when we started the company and, you know, when it, we named it baiting and stuff, we put it in our company charter at the time, it's just wishful thinking. Yeah. Right? When we make profit, we're going to donate, uh, you know, 
portion of our profits to events education in Burma. Nice. And we didn't really know that's where we would get to yeah. at some point, right? Yeah. Like actually making profits seem so far away when you're just like <laughs> signing your yeah. paperwork. Totally. And then one day we're like, wait, we are actually Here's profitable. Here's all the money. Yeah. yeah, like we can donate. So, so far we've done um, a few different projects. We funded an innovation, kind of like a startup hub in mm. uh, Rangoon where I grew up. We did a mobile bus that's... Um, bring the education to kids who can't go to school because they are working. Yeah. So we have um, we have a very big tea shop culture in Burma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are run or staffed by kids who should be in school but cannot because of their family. Yeah, because they're all family um, businesses. No, it's, no? it's there. They're from the villages oh. and they go and come to the city and work at a tea shop mm. and they send money back to their family. So there's no way for them to really learn or like go to a regular school. Mm-hmm. So somebody decided, hey, and it's actually, uh, I think he was Burmese American or, you know, some guy who went, was in New York and then he went back to like, he's wanted to start this project. So we funded the bus, bus for them. They outfitted his school bus into a mobile classroom awesome. and they go to these tea shop and teach yeah. his kids yeah, after. Cool. And like, these kids are amazing. I admire them so much, right? Yeah. They wake up at 5 a.m., um, yeah. work all day, and the shop usually closes around like 5. Mm. So they had a 12-hour work day, and then they come to the mobile classroom and learn for another two hours or yeah. three hours. And that's like the level of determination and, you know, hunger for knowledge is like, I don't know, if I had to work 12 hours a day and having to be up at 5, I'm done. <laughs> Well, the great thing about having kids is I'm up at five every day. That's but, true. I mean, one of those kids could be the next you, right? Right. So, so when I when I went back and talked to them, right, I was like, look, you know, I was able to go to college because of some random guy from some other country that I never heard of mm-hmm. set up a scholarship. Yeah. Now I was able to do that and start a company. Now I can do that and help you. So one of your terms, make sure you pay it forward yeah. and help somebody out. That's great. So and we covered a lot. Um, we kind of wrapped up. Uh, mm-hmm. Want to give you some time to talk about any anything you want. I know Insights is a new product you guys have. There's mm-hmm. other things you want to talk about. Whatever you want. The floor <laughs> is yours. I don't know. Um, I don't really have anything special. I don't really like to preach. <laughs> well, you can I talk just, about Boomerang or is there a way for people to um, donate to the schools in Burma? There, yeah, you know? uh, if they want to donate, we are doing a fundraising campaign. I just got the fundraising letter today and I'm supposed awesome. to be out there fundraising for there you go. Uh, building more schools. Um, yeah. Everybody can get behind that. Yes. Well, thank you very much for coming by. This has been a great chat. This is episode two of Fun BMC, and we'll see you next time. Just get the name right. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to redo the intro. And are you standing there the whole time? Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. No, no pressure. Um, so I'm saying I'm Mo. Amo. Amo. Mm-hmm. A. Got it. All right. <laughs> I can't believe he's standing in the corner. Um, all right. Fine. No, I think you're fine. You're, you're shooting off this camera anyway. You're shooting off camera one, so it doesn't matter. Let me do this real quick. <laughs>